Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. Yay! Yay. Oh, thank you, thank you, cheers. <laughs> my name is my name is Adam, and I am joined by uh, a fine team. We have Lee. Hello. We have Chris. Hello. And we have Wesley. Howdy. And there we are. The people are here. We know what we're here for. It's very exciting, isn't it? Because <laughs> we have, we've, I think, yeah, it is the very middle of the saga. I know we've done yeah. other films, but yeah, it's the very middle of the saga. We're doing Empire Strikes Back, even though you'll know that because you'll have seen the show notes and gone, oh, Empire Strikes Back. I'll have a listen to that because that's a good one. <laughs> so you know we're doing that. So, yeah, there's not too too many uh, ways and means about that. Uh, I thought considering... I might have blown my, um, my excited fuse circuits last time, but it's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> and considering, considering, considering that last time, A New Hope um, actually got 41 out of 40. <laughs> you know, you, crispy bodies, as it was. Um, yeah, I, I suspect that we might be spinal tapping this one a bit as well, but we'll see. Um, and uh, yes, so, um, and Chris, have you been born at this point? Yes, yeah. I, I, so I, was, born, I was born, yeah, 1980. In fact, um, I think this was actually released for my birthday. I think it was like May the 17th or something. It was released. Yeah, 17th of May in yeah. the US and then the 20th in the UK. Mm. So that, is, that was when I was born. No. Yeah, well, there we go. So we now are in Star Wars that we are all alive for. <laughs> so, you know. And I have to say, so I did my, I did my little, um, I did my little bit of twatty research. Can I just say that 1980 is so fucking 1980, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, right, so, cut to the chase, right? The Rubik's Cube is launched at the British Toy and Hobby Fair. Ooh. The arcade game Pac-Man is released mm. in Japan. <laughs> the, pri the Prime Minister is Thatcher. The US president is Jimmy Carter, but he loses the election to Ronald Reagan, who takes over the next year. Um, the Iranian embassy in London is stormed, um, uh, is stormed by terrorists, and then uh, a six-day siege ensues that is broken, uh, broken finally by the SAS going in and killing all the terrorists. Mm. CNN starts, <laughs> and John Lennon is shot dead. Wow. And you can't help but feel that that is the most 80s thing about it because it's like Mark Chapman turns up as the 80s to finally kill the 60s. That <laughs> it's like, no, we're about guns, money, and murder now. Fuck off. Fuck off, yeah. hippie. And yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I mean, UK number ones were there's Pink Floyd, The Pretenders. Blondie had three. Blimey. Atomic, Call Me, and The Tide is High. The Jam, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah. Um, Suicide is Painless, but the theme from MASH. The Winner Takes It All and Super Pooper by ABBA. Ashes to Ashes <laughs> by David Bowie. 
And there's no one quite like Grandma by the St. Winifred School Choir. Ugh. So, yeah, some lovely stuff there. Um, uh, we, and um, I'll go to TV first, because, again, stuff that started on TV this year, the Hammer House of Horror. Admittedly, hey. it's one series, but we're mentioning it, because it's the fucking Hammer House of Horror. And they're brilliant. Right so, also, The Adventure Game. Heidi oh. High. Arthur C. Clarke's mm. Mysterious World, Metal Mickey, Family Fortunes, Play Your Cards Right. Is this not your Saturday night as a child? Yeah. Russ Abbott's Madhouse, Juliet Bravo, The Gentle Touch, Button Moon, King Rollo, Cockle Shell Bay, The Munch Punch, uh, The Munch Bunch, um, Training Dogs, The Woodhouse Way with Barbara Woodhouse, Yes Minister, okay. Watchdog, Take the High Road, Knots Landing, and Children in Need all started in 1980. Wow. Um, and uh, Citizen Smith finished, even though, and that, that started when uh, Star Wars uh, uh, New Hope came out. Yeah. Yes. And again, it's our usual mixed bag. And it's very interesting because last time, obviously, when we were talking about with the uh, films, there was so, it was all from the previous big season blockbuster, which had been Jaws because it was so fucking massive. Yeah. And all the films there, you had quite a few like Jaws ripoffs and other Peter Benchley stuff and things like that. Uh, but yeah, so film wise, now you get the influence of Star Wars because there's quite a few in here. So you've got uh, American Gigolo, The Fog, Cruising, Saturn 3, The Ninth Configuration, Permanent Vacation, Forbidden Zone, The Changeling, The Monster Club, uh, Bad Timing, Stalker, The Watcher in the Woods, Death Watch, Where the Buffalo Roam, uh, The Movie of Rising Damp. Friday the 13th, Out of the Blue, um, The Animated Return of the King, Fame, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle, Humanoids from the Deep, The Shining, The Blues Brothers, Herbie Goes Bananas, Airplane, Alligator, Chinch and Chong's next movie, Prom Night, Caddyshack, Dressed to Kill, Smokey and the Bandit 2, McVicar, Georgia Mildred, Battle Beyond the Stars, The Exterminator, Sir Henry at Rawlinson End. Yes. Uh, Terror Train, The Elephant Man, Private Benjamin, Fade to Black, Motel Hell, The Awakening, The Long Good Friday, Christmas Evil, Shogun Assassin, Raging Bull, The Falls, Flash Gordon, Popeye, Stir Crazy, Any Which Way You Can, 9 to 5, Hulk, The Slayer, <laughs> and Altered States. Ooh. So, yeah, basically, it's like there's a, everyone's like, oh, so that's that sci-fi is the thing that is now. <laughs> so... You've got, I mean, like, you've got Battle Beyond the Stars, Corman's version of Star Wars in there. And, uh, yeah. I love that film. It is a fucking great film. It has to be Brilliant said. Film. Still haven't seen it. I should write it down now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. If you've not seen it, it could be, like I say, I think, obviously, at what, uh, we'll come to the natural end of what Star Wars there is to review. And... I still maintain that we should also cover Spaceballs. Mm -hmm. um, just as an excuse to watch Spaceballs. Um, but <laughs> yeah. maybe we need to do Battle Beyond the Stars because it is... Yeah. It's the quintessential sort of rip-off. It's the quintessential Star Wars rip-off that isn't Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> so, yeah. I oh. think that we may need to... Um, we, we may need to watch it just... Again, just a fucking is good it, excuse to watch. <laughs> more, would you say it's a reasonable tribute rather than just a ripoff, or is it? No, definitely a ripoff, <laughs> no. but just done well. It's it's not it's not it's yeah it's right. <laughs> um, 
they get it right in that obviously the we never mentioned it uh, previously like on the last episode but a new hope is based on uh the film uh, or partially based on the film Rashomon a uh, Japanese samurai movie mm. and the two characters that are the, ma- the the sort of main characters who tell the story in Rashomon are two slaves and that's who 3PO and R2D2 are kind of meant to be oh, okay is because it starts off that you're at the sort of slave class uh, and um, so Battle Beyond the Stars kind of does the same thing by just deciding, mm. well, why don't we do the Seven Samurai in space? And then someone goes, yeah. oh, yeah, but then there's, um, oh, not what, not the Wild Bunch. What's it called? The Magnificent Seven. Everyone's like, oh, but then there's the Magnificent Seven, which is the Western version of um, the Seven Samurai. And then they go, well, why don't we put both of those together? <laughs> and do it in space so but you have got some you've got some great people in it thingy um uh robert vaughn yeah sorry yeah robert vaughn robert vaughn? Uh, yeah. robert vaughn the guy who played uh what's his name he played hannibal um smith in the 18 george peppard uh, oh yeah. yeah and and john saxon is the main bad guy oh nice and he is really fucking good uh, with like a big, um, big disfiguring. They can't go for a full like skeletal armor helmet, so they just give him a sort of blinding scar down one side. But yeah, <laughs> it is. It's it's entertaining, but but do not do not feel that you you know it, it in any. No one's going to watch it and accidentally go. Oh, this must be one of the new Star Warses. This must be the Mandalorian <laughs> or something. They're not going to yeah. do that. By if any you like of the Mark- imagination. If you liked the feel of the last Starfighter, you would like this Ooh, film. Oh, yeah, and I did like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's very sort of similar sort of vein, and actually, it's it's a pretty entertaining film. It is just yeah. so fucking ludicrous. Um, Before I got actually, obsessed with Star Wars, Last Starfighter, I used to just think if I play computer games well enough, it could happen. It might. <laughs> Still could. It still could. It could. Yeah. I, I was. Ne- I, I wasn't good enough. I decided. <laughs> there was one bit in that film used to give the put the shits right at me, which is when they're growing a clone under a duvet. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just yeah. found that nearly one for. A, yeah. 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 Found that a bit much, but uh, but yeah, there we go. So, um, is the Empire Strikes Back? Or where should I mean? Where do we start? Um. I suppose we start at the beginning with beautiful probe droids on Hoth. Mm. I have to be... Yeah. I made a Such a great design. Exactly. It's just so... It's obvious what it is. And it's well, it's not obvious what it is, but it's obviously evil. Yeah. <laughs> mm. They've just got that so right. And, um, yeah. And then, obviously, you get the... Um, uh, you know, you get Taunton. <laughs> I do like Tauntons because I can do the noise. And that's it. <laughs> but yeah, so. Do you like I mean, how warm inside got... they are? Yes. <laughs> and I thought they smelled well. <laughs> Which is where you can take it eventually if you set it along to the film often enough, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be said, tauntauns. That's one thing that I um, think with this is, oh, actually, yeah, I didn't know this, 
until sort of, well, the other day, that Empire Strikes Back is kind of an independent film. Because yeah. I didn't realise this, is that George Lucas stumped up all the money to make it. He didn't do it with a studio. Oh, nice. It, I think he eventually had to get... Fo Fox were going to release it anyway. Hmm. Like, they were going to be the distribu distributor. But I think... So he went to them in the end to get a bit of extra money that he needed. But basically, yeah, he stumped up all the cash for this so that he would retain sort of all the rights and all the intellectual properties and everything else like that. And same with the prequels. Mm. Mm. It's really? but it's wow. just an insanely so you, good good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but that seems surprising. So he made so much from the mm. first one because yeah. yeah, that's quite impressive. And it meant that he could sort of take it in the direction he wanted without having to mm. sort of go to committee. You know, and at this point, like, he well, was having really likes this. So, can you have yeah. more of that? Yeah, people yeah, really like the trash ideas. compact. Can we do more trash compact stuff? <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the Gary Kurtz, is it? One of the producers on it. Mm. It's mm. one of the reasons why he parted company at Empire because he said that he could see the way it was going, that toy cells were actually making creative decisions when mm. it came to the story. So that's why he let Empire be the last one he did with him. Mm. Oh, right. He but, could I mean, see George uh, moving to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, he, he, was... knew, he knew where George was going. It was, um, <laughs> like, I think this was such a great start a bit, um, because it doesn't follow on exactly from um, A New Hope. Yeah. You know, so you don't really know what's going on. You suddenly see Luke on the Tauntaun in... Um, snowy, you know, landscape, and then he gets yeah. whacked by the Wampa. Like that is such a good, uh, unexpected beginning to this. Yeah. When you and yeah, I, when you see Luke outside get, uh, whacking his Wampa, and you say, "Oh, I didn't expect it to start there." No. Yeah, and and they did such a good job of showing the icy planet. Um, there's one thing I thought actually watching it this time, I realised the three different locations that they do in this are all so iconic. Oh yeah, I think because weirdly enough, it's it's odd because in Star Wars and in Return of the Jedi, they obviously have the Death Star, but in this, mm -hmm. the Empire is kind of rootless in a weird mm -hmm. way. Yeah, you know that it's a you, you know that it's a fleet of um, or like an Imperial Navy out there, but there's no no one's got a home base. Almost, it's like Vader's just prowling around on the. Uh, superstar destroyer mm -hmm. but also i think um i think this is one of the few star wars ones that doesn't have anything on tatooine mm. yeah yeah which and i think i like i think it's almost when when you look at it just as sort of star wars empire strikes back without any of the uh prequel stuff coming into it it is yeah. it's almost like right we started in the desert so what do we go for next and you go the complete obviously you just turn right we <laughs> freeze that yeah, <laughs> and actually, one thing with the tauntauns, with the and with the, um, uh, I think with the attacks later and stuff like that, the interesting thing is how good the stop motion stuff is. It looks incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, and it, it's like the tauntauns are far. When you see people riding around on the tauntauns, it's far more believable than the stormtroopers on the um, CGI Jubax. Yeah, that they added in yeah. and stuff. <laughs> 
actually, I think that's the other great tribute to this is that how little it's interfered with mm. in terms yeah. of like added stuff. It's only sort of little enhancements and Boba Fett's voice. I noticed this time. Yes, yeah. I don't know if I've seen this version previous to this. I, I might have done, but um, I definitely yeah, noticed it I, now. Yeah, because I don't think it was because this. I actually saw this at the pictures, the special mm. edition. Yeah, we went. Yeah, we went, and it, but weirdly enough, it was the only one I went to, and it's the one with the least changes. <laughs> but I also think it was. Yeah, but I do want to see Empire Strikes Back on the big screen. Yeah. So, I like I like the addition of my favourite spaceship in the whole history of science fiction makes an appearance in this one, but it didn't in the original version, which mm. is the Tiderium shuttle. Yeah, uh, yeah, my favourite yeah. spaceship ever. That one. I mean, I mean, cutting to that bit at the end. That's one thing that that's a change that does annoy me slightly. Is the when it because Vader marching off would just get my shuttle. Yeah. And again, it's what I was saying about with Angry Vader at the very start of A New Hope. I like pissed off Vader. Yeah. It just, you know, I mean, especially as now you've followed Anakin's story, you are kind of like, mm. yeah, that would be him. Oh, get shuttled. Yeah. Mm. He's, got a, <laughs> he's got a cob on. But apparently, yeah, they changed that because George Lucas sort of one was like, oh, I'm not sure if people know where Vader's meant to be when he contacts Luke and. No, it's like, no, everyone knows where he's meant to be, George. You're overthinking it, dear. Yeah. And it does annoy yeah. me that the landing of the shuttle is on, is actually a Death Star hangar. Mm. And it's the one from Return of the Jedi. And you can actually just about see, what is it, Moff Jared, the guy who's in charge yeah. of the second Death Star? Yeah. yeah. You can just about see him marching along to greet Vader as the ramp's coming mm. down and stuff. And you're like, it just didn't need to. It's not, not that sort of, not that bothersome. I don't think. Um, so I've, I've got to say the one thing that I, I liked all the changes, as you say, they were much more minimal this time. They avoided the stuff I hated, which was adding in all that unnecessary extra stuff that just took you out of the world. Um, but I'd forgotten just how bad the um, the projection of the emperor was in, like in the originals. Yeah. It doesn't even look like a man. It looks like a massive frog. Like it's it wasn't. Old, it, it was a woman with uh, chimpanzees' eyes projected on top of them. That's how they did the original effect. So you were right. Really? It didn't look like a man. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's and it's the voice of the professor from Legend of Hell House. Ah, yeah. nice. Um, and um, yeah, Clive Revel. That's it. And yeah. Um, and again, that is a change that I have absolutely no problem with in <laughs> on the basis that it's like, yeah, but by now, it's a bit fucking odd if it's not Ian McDermott. Yeah. You know, that, he's a bit chubbier in Empire, though, isn't he? He is a bit ch chubbier, yeah. he's It's, it's a lot more scrotal. And yes. it makes me wonder, <laughs> the mysterious prune face, is he the Emperor? Is he a clone of the Emperor? But we'll come to that in uh, Return of the Jedi. Except we won't, yeah. because you don't fucking see him. I had the no. figure, though. I had the figure. Yeah. But, um, and a really dodgy, blurred photo on the blister pack, but you hardly see him at all. Yeah. It's, I, I didn't know. I assumed he was in Jabba's palace for years. Turns out he's one of the rebels. Hey, there we go. So... <laughs> 
that um, actually, if we're talking when we're talking about things that the solar, you know, changes and things like that, why on earth didn't they change the dick whale? You know, when they're in the <laughs> asteroid and the dick whale comes out and tries to eat. Oh yeah, yeah. They land inside it. A moaning. Yeah, it's so shit. Yeah, it's just a. It's like it's a hippo. Yeah. Whale hippo penis that comes out of an asteroid, and yeah. You know, you got rid of the Wolfman, who's quite iconic in the cantina, mm-hmm. but yeah. you leave that in, and it's like you could have gone to town with that. You could have had, yeah, yeah. You've yeah had that, must have, that, that must have stuck in my mind in a really strange way because I totally do not see it as bad. <laughs> like, and there's I, something I seem to remember when I first saw it, and it just blew my mind. I was like, "What is that?" And I must have yeah. been pretty young. Sorry, I was just. Well, I think my first experience of this was a pirate as well. Mm. Like it was a, a, so it was like yeah. a good few generations down by the time we'd got it, and so everything to me. Weirdly enough, there's parts of this that f- almost feel like a video nasty because it just gives it that aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that just where everything's slightly wider. And slightly fuzzier, and um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kept waiting for the for the auto tracking message to come up. And like, <laughs> <laughs> or like that pirate, I had a Pulp Fiction which had a laugh track <laughs> because someone literally just filmed it in the cinema. And nice. uh, yeah, it was it, 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 it kind of made it something. feel a bit like George <laughs> Mildred or something. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis oh, eating pickled pickled onions in bed. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> He's a pickled onions in bed kind of guy, mind you. Mind you, at that point, I'm I probably have to nail my own flag, my own flag to that as well. <laughs> it's not um, been unknown. <laughs> talking about the beginning, at the um, uh, the stuff on Hoff. Um, I, I absolutely love like the, the very first vision you get of the attacks as they come out is when you mm-hmm. see them through the through like the, the uh, goggles so they see mm. like, the feet on the ground and then it kind of pans up and you go oh shit and they they just like you say the stop motion looks fantastic mm-hmm. um, but the one thing I never thought about before they're, they're the huge great big things we only ever see inside the head where they're being driven what's inside the rest of that body <laughs> is it just like a big empty hanger or it's, is that it's the troops i believe troops. yes uh, troops so that's how they get them in oh yeah. i did i did have a look i did have a look after um um rogue one the they are slightly different attacks in rogue one mm-hmm. they're because yeah. they've got like basically those are cargo cranes. I mean, they've still got a gun head, but they're <laughs> cargo cranes essentially. So yeah, but uh, <laughs> but I think all the again, it's like there's not much that they add new, but the stuff they do add is so fucking cool. And again, everything's so fucking iconic. You've got the attacks, and you've got. Um, and well, and like the super star destroyer and everything. Yeah. And actually, that's, that's the that's that's the 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 thing with um, within this, you have a lot of a weird sort of sense where you do have a lot of humour because it's one big chase from yeah. uh, Han 
Leia, Chewie and 3PO. It's basically the whole film is their pursuit leaving Hoth. Yeah. And obviously Luke, Luke has a, Luke's um, story is a different thing. But there is a really weird vein in this as well, where a Vader just working his way through the crews. As the, the, it's, it's weird because it's funny, but it also just gives you a sense of why everyone is so committed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's just a apology accepted, Captain Leader. Yeah. And he's, and, and I have got like, a note but, uh, here that just says, fuck joining the Admiralty. Um, yeah. Yeah, as soon as anybody makes the slightest mistake, he's like, right, they're dead. And I'm like, but, why would you spend your life trying to work your way up to work at this? You're just going to At the end, you know. when the Millennium Falcon flies off and he looks away and then he looks back again and then he's walking down the ship and everyone's like, uh, who's, who's going to get it? <laughs> I actually quite like the idea, but I do like it because Admiral Piet does turn up in... Return of the Jedi. So he does make it. Wow. It's obvious that Vader does has decided. No, you you did your best. Yeah. We need that was a squeak, you know. It's only <laughs> there, but for the grace. Whereas obviously Mr. Bronson just gets it immediately because he's like, well, he's he's there sort of like, right? No, you've 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 fucked up this. You've fucked up this mission, and more to the point, you killed Danny Kendall. So <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just that's it. And also, you've got the magnificent Julian Glover as the um, yeah. uh, attack commander, like the yeah. general, General Veers. Um, again, and the only trouble is, is that every time I see him in anything, I just think, oh, so that's who Mark Gatiss plays when they remake this. So, because <laughs> that just seems to be his, his role in life. I can just see him doing it. So, but uh, yeah, you've got, and you've got snow troopers, you've got. Um, the attack drivers, which are essentially, I mean, if the toys are anything to go by, they're just a differently painted TIE fighter pilot. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot more sort of, there's just more Empire. I mean, it's in the title, but you do get, I think you get more, you get more Empire bang for your buck and you see much more of them as a force like as an as mm. just a basic military force rather than well you can blow up planets you of course you win you know so. yeah they do such a good job of expanding the universe adding a lot more to the story and the empire but not making it tacky and not overloading it somehow like you know you follow mm. it perfectly um it flows really nicely um but yeah but it still is a well expanded and darkened universe mm. yeah because you've got because uh, the director because obviously it's, it's not including um offshoot or star wars stories sort of stuff this is the first one we've watched not directed by george lucas isn't it because george yeah. lucas did all the prequels and he yeah. did um a new hope and then you've got irvin uh Kirshner does this and, and weirdly Mark enough Wan i looked does at does return sorry? I think Marquand, or I think Marquand did return. I think it was, as yeah. well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so it's only of the of the three, but apparently he was very sort of again. I mean, his only he, you know, as I say, the way it was produced, um, George Lucas was his only boss. Mm. You know, yeah. and but he um, basically said, "Well, I'll do it 
but I want to rework the script. And apparently the one thing he did was put a lot more of the characterization in. And that that I think really shows because this is the one this does give you everyone as you know them or presents all yeah. the things that you associate with the, those characters. And oh, um, yeah. and actually the, the other thing as well, watching it and again I've been it's the thing of enjoying watching it with the prequels in mind is weirdly enough, this is the only one that doesn't it's it's slightly annoying that this isn't the first time we've seen Boba Fett. Yeah. Mm. Because it used to be the first yeah. time you'd see Boba Fett and he's yeah. the bollocks, even though mm. he literally doesn't do anything. But he's just cool enough that it's sort of like it plays and everyone reacts to him he is just the right way. Favorite. He's the Marvin the Martian. He's the one that is, is very, he's got very little screen time. But he's the one that mm. sticks in your mind as the coolest thing you've ever seen. But he's so he is so pivotal, even though he mm. doesn't have a huge amount of action. What he does is so important. Exactly, and but I think, but it's really annoying now that it's like, oh yeah, I saw him as a twelve-year-old yeah. with a stupid haircut, <laughs> and that's that, that that's diminishing in that sense. And similarly, the one thing I think that it really it doesn't necessarily alter it, but it changes the conception of it so now you watch it i mean you always did after the first time you fucking saw it but you you watch it knowing who yoda is yeah mm. but now it's much more about it it kind of turns it into it's much more about watching luke not know that yeah mm. than it is about discovering it with luke yeah yeah so you don't you don't fault you don't go on luke's journey with him of like, oh, here's this weird little... It's good that that still works, though. You, it still you know, works, yeah, like, like you say. Both is it's... fine, but it's you can mm. definitely rewatch that again and again and not, you know, not be bored by the fact that you do know who Yoda is. Yeah, and I tell you what, it's he is... For a start, it, it felt a bit like, you know, you know in Red Dwarf, where um, Lister is revived and <laughs> Holly's talking to him and he says something about, oh, yeah, she wouldn't be much good as a companion unless she wanted to grit your drive because <laughs> Kachansky got turned into a pile of dust. Yeah, And he's going, Holly! And it's like, yeah, sorry, Dave. I've been on my own too long. I think I've gone a bit weird. <laughs> and I think that's what's definitely happened to Yoda. Yeah. Because Yoda, Yoda, Yoda's clearly like, you know, he's been alone for a while and gone a bit balmy. And it's especially how impressed he is with a torch. Yeah, I thought that as well. I was like, you, you know, I mean, he used you... to hang around on Coruscant in floating chairs and shit like that, and it's like, <laughs> and now he's very doesn't see like he like beating the shit out of R two D two though for the yes. Talk. I thought that was a good bit. <laughs> I think weirdly enough, I just love the the puppet is again they haven't really done anything to change the puppet work because it's so fucking good. Mm. Yeah, and you so believe. Apparently, Frank Oz said that quite often uh, <laughs> Kirshner directed the puppet. So he'd talk to Yoda, not talk to Frank Oz, <laughs> like saying to him, Can you make him do it? It'd be like, Right, if you can just go over here and like look him in the eye, essentially. <laughs> and, so, and it does, apparently, you know, he, he is real. Mm. He's definitely real. 
apparently George Lucas actually asked Jim Henson to be Yoda, but Jim Henson said, I can't, I'm making a film, I'm busy. <laughs> well, ask Frank, and Frank Oz did it. And good God, because I mean, without Frank Oz's voice, yeah, it mm. really, yeah. Oh, you put your weapon. I mean, you know how. I mean, you know how. Over, I'm Yoder. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. Good yeah. easy being a Jedi. <laughs> it ain't easy being green, Luke. It's got to be said, though. I, I noticed it this time. Again, you know, if, as many times as you've seen them, when you watch them again with a critical eye for something like this, you go, the fact that he finds Yoda at all, he's just given a planet name. Go to this planet and you'll find someone. Yep. And he just jogs on. Like, yeah, he doesn't get any directions. Like, doesn't know who he's looking for. He just goes to a planet with a single name. Go and find Barry. He's over there. He's on this planet. Excellent. Cool. Luckily, he lands within 25 feet of Barry. So it's not a problem. But... <laughs> And actually, and that that is what part one of the deleted scenes is the fact that they do reveal that's Yoda's first name. <laughs> he's actually he's actually Mister Yoda. It's Barry Yoda. Barry Yoda, Esquire. Barry Yoda, yeah. Force is reckoned with. Um, also, when and this is this is certainly an experience I expect to bond with Chris over is having small children. You are prepared for the bit where Yoda goes through the fucking cabinet <laughs> and he's just slinging shit over his shoulder and everything. He's just burrowing further and further in until he finds something he fucking likes. So, <laughs> that is known in our house as doing a Yoda. <laughs> oh, was he doing a Yoda? Oh, bloody hell. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, and so definitely it's there is an element where it's like, shit, no longer is this the introduction of Yoda. Shh, this isn't the introduction of Boba Fett. They're all sort of, they've been, Yoda particularly has obviously been quite a big part. In, in fact, from his point of view, he's only been out for one film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the so, only thing uh, with Boba Fett is I've been messed up slightly because he is fresh in my mind from The Mandalorian, which of course yeah. does, not, does not come before this, but for me, it sort of does enough that, yeah, he's pretty cool in that too. I, I will I will say, please bear in mind, I am still watching The Mandalorian. Yeah, it would, so I'm, I wasn't going to say any more, but, um, yeah. I, but I, I did not remember I, where you got to. I did know about that, but then I watched the first episode of Series 2 mm. yesterday, the day before, and, um, yeah, so you've got the Marshal clearly wearing Boba Fett's gear. Yeah. Mm. And then, I mean, we'll come back to this, but when we do The Mandalorian, because we're doing it, definitely. <laughs> um, that's, what, that's what I'm hurrying through as, as, as quickly as I can. But also then just at the end, it's like, who could this mysterious figure be? What, the bloke who plays Jango Fett, of whom Boba Fett is a clone? <laughs> and you've actually put him in the credits. Yeah, I've got a fair fucking idea who he could be, mate. <laughs> Especially as he's on Tatooine. <laughs> it's, yeah, it... <laughs> He's, I didn't I think, think it was that much of a surprise, surely, for people, apart from that first moment. I think, well, well, oh, one of the earlier podcasts, I was talking about the, the film that almost was Empire, hmm. which was um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I'm not going to go into the plot of it, because, you know, it's still a readily available book, but it was written by Alan Dean Foster, 
because he ghost wrote, I never knew this, right? This is a lie because George Lucas didn't write the Star Wars novelization. It was ghost. The benefits of the tape when Wesley is holding up the Star Wars novelization to us. Angry. It's the original one. Yeah. Mm. Oh, blimey. So it's Alan Dean Foster uh, who wrote that. Alan Dean Foster, who ghost wrote it, with he was having discussions during the production of Star Wars. That's why there's so much more in it than isn't in the film. And uh, George Lucas said, which means write a sequel. And uh, the actual book doesn't feature Han Solo because he hadn't negotiated... Uh, he had a negotiated contract to appear in any sequels, but there mm. was a clause put on this book, which means that it would automatically, if wanted, be filmed. So Split oh. of the Mind's Eye was down as being the possible sequel. And it's a bit different. They go to a planet looking for Kyber, a, a Kyber crystal, mm. which if, I mean, the, the editor's notes are, um, where is it? Basically, if if evil gets the crystal, then the terrible shit will happen. So Luke's got to find it. Okay. But uh, I think what we got in the end, plot-wise, is a lot better. Hmm. I th yeah, I think. Well, I think also because it's not. Although Luke Luke tra Luke training is kind of mythological, as it were. There's no myth element to this this is just a straight out skirmish yeah. almost this yeah. is this is literally one of the few ones which is like an adventure yeah because it doesn't necessarily apart from luke's training it doesn't necessarily move a lot on but it just develops everyone and then puts sets them up for yeah that's um, it. i think they really the do final, that yeah well is yeah just really developing everyone so much and uh, like the idea of the false as well Moving on, so with Yoda, once he becomes serious, um, testing Luke under the tree, and then when Luke's leaving, being reckless still, um, like the just the, the stylistic choices, like when the the red light shines on Yoda's face as he says, "There is yeah. another," like just so many elements like that are really powerful, but still subtle. And overall, I think the effect is just such good production. Yeah, it, it holds up fantastically even now, where it's you know it can give you chills, and it's like that's almost a simple trick, yet just done so well. Um, yeah, the reveals are fantastic because it is perfect. That bit in particular, I'm glad you mentioned it, Chris, because I was going to say about it. The but yeah, when and because it's you get that wonderful sort of like the changing of the lights and the effects and then it blocks out Kenobi's force ghost so it's mm. just darkness behind him and everything but also the fact that it's a mechanical it's it's a way of letting you know that Luke has taken off without actually having to film mm. yeah, a yeah. shot of an X-Wing taking off and again it's it's good that they didn't go back and think oh well we could put that in now yeah. fuck off no don't <laughs> fuck with that because yeah. you've done it so well Perfect. that I have never questioned that just off screen a, a X-Wing has taken off. Yeah. And it's only when you look at it that you're like, oh yeah, you never see it move. It's literally changing three lights. It's mm. theatre.
yeah. yeah. You know, it's so basic, but so beautiful. But also, like you say, and then it becomes as much more iconic because it's of what they're discussing and what they're talking about and everything. Mm. And it's, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was, yeah, that was, that is, that one is one of those weird bits where it's like, that's genuinely, that's genuinely breathtaking. That's really yeah. fucking good. Yeah. Like, know, as, on as, so many fucking levels. Yeah. Whereas part of the whole, we don't know um, if Luke is going to fall and go to the dark side because it's obviously mm. they're hinting at it. Look, if you make these mistakes now, you know, Darth Vader will win. Do you want to do that? And, and so, yeah, at this point, the whole film is about him and everyone, like what's going to happen to him. It's, it, does seem dark but there's a there's some hope um mm. but yeah we've got no idea really where it's gonna head towards at this point it's, it's interesting as well as i did wonder about this is does the strength of empire or one of its strengths lie in the fact it doesn't have to resolve anything mm. yeah because it puts so much in place like you say, you've still you've got Luke's training that he has to or may not complete, but it yeah. may also lead him to the dark star. He's lost his fucking hand, mm. and actually, that's something I'll have to he's, try. He's and... gained a father. But... He's lost a hand and gained a father. I like that. <laughs> oh man, that should have and been the tagline. <laughs> yeah, but it might, yeah. it might it might have given away a bit too much. <laughs> that's true. That's true. There's that um, in 1978. Um, well, the actual when Empire was released, it wasn't such a shock that um, Vader was Luke's father because the novelization came out a month before. Yeah, so anyone who was interested in Star Wars will already have known. But before then, in what year was it? I think it was 1978, Dave Prowse did a, um, a talk with fans, and he famously, and it was reported in the paper said, and I quote, father can't kill son and son can't kill father. He actually said that to the fans and it wow. is rumoured that is what soured the relationship between <laughs> Lucasfilm because if you notice in Empire, all of the fighting shots are not Dave Prowls because they yes. to show, a lot of the angles are shot lower because it's actually a shorter man playing Vader. And also, who also, couldn't, who also didn't want to wear the mask because he found it restrictive. <laughs> and it, so they have to sort of shoot, the they shoot a lot of shoulders, but no. Yeah. Yeah. And Return of the Jedi has got even less Dave Prowse in it because it was a case of, because also I've got another thing here. Mark Hamill said in 2004 interview with Sound and Vision that keeping the secret was very hard. Irvin Kirshner, the director, brought me aside and said, now I know this. And George knows this, and now you're going to know this. But if you tell anybody, and that even means Carrie and Harrison or anybody else, they're going to know who it is because we know who knows. Mm. So maybe, you know, that's further the whole Dave Prowse thing, maybe. Who knows? I know, I know also because there is actually a really good... There's a documentary on Netflix, and I can't think what it's called, but there is a really good one on there that is... Uh, someone basically went, uh, someone uh, interviewed Dave uh, Prowse about, because apparently Dave Prowse wasn't aware he wasn't going to be playing Anakin Skywalker. 
I mean, we'll come back to this when we do Return of the Jedi, obviously. But yeah, in that final head reveal. Oh, yeah, yeah. He mm. assumed that he would be, it would just be him. Yeah. Because he I want to see you with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, look at you, my own eyes, boy. All right there, lover. <laughs> and um, he's got a brand new combined harvester. <laughs> and um, yeah. Star Destroyer. Um, but there's, um, but really, rather weirdly, what this documentary is about is that the guy, they basically set up and refilmed the end of uh, Return of the Jedi so it could be spliced in with David Prowse playing Anakin uh, Skywalker unmasked. It's a very weird documentary, but we'll come back to it for yeah. when we talk about Return. We're, sort of get, we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> and we're ignoring the fact that we are sitting in the middle of Empire Strikes Back. We're happy as pigs in shit. Can I just <laughs> say, as we've mentioned Mark Hamill, that if he's not the best human currently alive, he's definitely the best person on Twitter. <laughs> he's up there yeah. he is magnificent yeah and I think his acting in this is fantastic for yeah. I mean he still hasn't played many other roles and he mm. played a naive farm boy fantastically who had aspirations for something greater and in this he still seems to be following his acting fits the character perfectly for yeah. the development stage that he's at it's still so believable that he has gone through the process and you know, he wants to become the Jedi, but he's still struggling with wanting to save his friends. Um, and yeah, mm. just so it worked perfectly. And obviously the bit with the reveal when Darth Vader chops off his arm, you know, it's like, it's pretty still quite, uh, well, it's very powerful. Mm. Scene, yeah. I think, as well. I think, well, I think also from what I gather, a lot, a lot of them, uh, a lot of the cast were, were much happier with Irving Kirshner as a director of actors. Mm. Okay. Because, like, like we've said previously, I think George Lucas is not, not necessarily not actor friendly, but I don't think he really tends to direct actors in a way mm. like he may not be able to give them the sort of emotional content that they need to, to get know. The best out of them. Yeah, basically, I think it's like, yeah, but what you do is, is that you come through that door and you say that line, and he then can't answer. Yeah, but why have I come through that door and how am I feeling about the door? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think, yeah, with, um, Empire Strikes Back for me, because it being sort of the first one I saw, it was the first sticker album mm. I ever got and everything like that. The design work in it, although a lot, it, although it's of the same universe of the film previously, mm. it, it is very 80s in its delivery of its fantastical future designs. Hmm. And that got me thinking that Empire probably is more of an 80s film than we take credit for, because I mean, when they were doing, when he was doing um, A New Hope, there's obvious Dune connections. So in oh, my yeah. little fantasy, in my little fantasy mind, he sat there thinking, hmm, where else could I pull it, pillage? And so, obviously, space opera, soap opera. He adds in all the elements of, oh, no, it's only his dad and yeah. his sister. To <laughs> it's very Dallas and Dynasty. Yeah. All of a sudden. And it just reminds me of um, a sketch, um, a bit of Fry and Laurie, season one, episode one, where they're <laughs> the two Australians. Do you remember that one, Ed? Oh, it's a yes. coming down the path, eh? 
Yeah. And it is all of the sort of Australian soap opera tropes. And when oh, you yeah, what came first? Down, Did they take it from Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> I, I, no, I think soap opera have been, have been far more long running from there. It is, it is a shame because it does seem to be, because obviously you get that and then after that, they're then like, George Lucas becomes obsessed with joining the dots. He becomes like a yeah. fucking mad conspiracy theorist. And it's, uh, but there's, Actually, I mean, I I will I know I've posted a couple for I posted a couple for a new hope. But I will have this. Um, there is a robot chicken uh, sketch, which is the end of this, where it's Luke's hands come off, and it's like, I no, I am your father. No, that's impossible. And Princess Leia is your sister. That's improbable <laughs> and, um, and then it's a and as a child I built C-3PO that's really unlikely <laughs> <laughs> and then it's sort of, then there's a time transition and they're both standing there with a coffee and a fag on and it's like and uh, midichlorian and, and the force that's just bacteria in your blood that well if you're going to start all that I'm not even playing so <laughs> And the beauty of it is that all the robot chicken stuff, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and um, Billy D. Williams did their, mm. like, kind of went and did the voices for it. So Leia is Leia Excellent. and Luke is Luke, etc. So that's something we obviously have. Again, we've been kind of robbed of, this isn't the first time we've seen Lando Calrissian because we've, because of mm. um, Solo. So no, I did think that added a little bit because um, the, the meeting they have yeah. when Lando mm. pretends to hit him, then... Yeah, well, that was right. It does. It, well, it feels right because it is the thing of if that was their last meeting, it's like mm. Lando. No, that's good. Yeah, because I know uh, he'll help me out. And it's like yeah. then they sort of on the way there. Lando's like, remembered yeah, the last meeting. Actually, yeah, yeah. No, last time I saw him, I did. I did. Yeah, last time I saw him, I did. It couldn't have been the last meeting anyway because no. Lando flew off with the Falcon. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I think that the. Um, yeah, yeah, the only I thing it made the, it a little bit odd was when Chewie was strangling Lando because, like, you sort of know him. I don't know. Bit. He has just he has just sold him out to Darth Vader, which is a bit of a yeah, higher. But, well, it's true, but you could see he was in a difficult position. It's got to know? be said as well. It's a difficult position. <laughs> Chris, he did, he did have Boba Fett and Darth Vader turn up on his <laughs> front door. It's like you're saying as bad as him, Billy D. Williams. I don't know if it was his delivery or what it was, but that was the most insincere apology ever. Yeah, he's when he says, Should we go and get a drink? And he opens the door and Vader's there and he goes, Yeah, sorry. But, uh, you shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. I probably shouldn't have done that. It's a- yeah, but he, did, he didn't want to make Darth Vader think that he was not going to go along with it, did he? He's, he's got to try and play both sides. Oh, it was. T- I was like, I think Vader knew. but then weirdly enough i think it's the same thing we were saying about where you get han solo becomes a hero and lando this is kind of lando has to become a hero because he's like actually no i have just i have fucked this up yeah you know and but uh, but it really suits the lando we did meet in solo Mm, yeah because he would fuck you over yeah and he Mm. do you know what i mean he he would sort of like well i'm 
yeah, fuck you. I mean, like you say, it's like, fuck you. The Darth Vader's turned up. Who do you think I'm going to fucking side with? And then it's like, yeah, actually, this is is wrong. (laughs) I love the bit when they actually torture Han Solo. And then he says, they didn't even ask me anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For shits and giggles, they decided to torture him. And actually, the uh, other thing was, is it does give you, it sort of, again, makes you appreciate the casting in Solo because Donald Glover's fucking mm. great, but it feels, it feels like it's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you, when you get to, when you get to um, Billy D. Williams and it's like, yeah. Mm. But, um, and actually I didn't know this, Billy D. Williams originally auditioned to play Han Solo. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah. And, and got quite far. I think he got quite far. They knew it was nearly him. So it kind of makes sense that it's then, well, you didn't you didn't play Han Solo, but when it's now one of it's because the first apart from Chewbacca, it's the first associate of Han Solo that we see yeah. or that they created within the universe, obviously. But Billy um, D. Williams actually took Star Wars and that to court. Really? Because the original movie poster does not feature him. And he wanted to, oh, I think uh, it's the one that's a bit like that one, the sort of gone with the wind type one. But yes, I know the one you mean, yeah. It's, it's not that one, but it's one very similar to the layout. And he doesn't feature on it. And he demanded that he should do. And that's why the poster is, it's sort of, it fans out. And it's actually got Lando in the middle with a gun. It's oh. the amended version of the poster to feature him. Oh, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it is like there's three characters that when we when this first came out, this introduced Yoda, it introduced Boba Fett, and it introduced Lando. You know, they're all pretty integral characters, really. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at that poster now. It is the one that's on the IMDb, and you're right. It's only got the characters from the first movie. And none of the new characters are even on it. Mm. But yeah, which is an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. And I do think that uh, I, mean, I like I do like what they've done with uh, Cloud. Oh, excuse me, with Cloud City, where they've added all the yeah. uh, different backdrops in, and yeah. just just because it was that was the only thing about it was it was just a bit dreary mm. in the original in the original because like it was just a lot of grey corridors. Didn't they it? Like the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, and you do. You think you're up. You're up on a big flying disc in the clouds, and there's no windows anywhere, so you can't look at anything. Yeah. Like, why would you waste that view? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, might as well be free. underground. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well be an underground mining fucking operation. <laughs> and it has to be said that the the, the carbon freezing chamber. When you get into the bowels of Cletal City, as like Luke and Vader are fighting, that is some of the most. I don't know what it is. It's just so sort of claustrophobic in a weird way. Mm. I think it's just, and like because the because like the freezing chamber, I think is like the biggest set they ever built for Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. And actually, for, apparently for this, they actually built a full Millennium Falcon. So they could film inside. And yeah, literally the whole thing was actually built and thought out. And I suppose because you, they do spend so much time on the ship mm. that it makes sense that you would, it probably is easier to do it that way. Yeah. 
Um, but um, yeah, and, but the carbon freezing chamber and just actually hand frozen in carbonite is another like absolute design classic. Yeah, yeah. You well, know, it, that is, it became a trend within the Star Wars universe because in the film it's it's not been attempted before. But then a couple of years later in The Mandalorian, episode one, he's fucking freezing them, 19 of the dozen. It really yeah. set a trend to freeze yeah, the prisoners. Because I, I, I looked it up because I was like, I, I don't know why. I just sort of, it was one of those things again where I'm like, um, watching them this time around and I've just been really wanting to, or feeling the universe mm. of Star Wars. Like there is a connectivity there and it's, it's, in a weird way, it's really annoying because it's so right in certain ways. But I think trying to, as, as we've said before, like with a lot of the prequels, trying to put the character, trying to link the characters is a bit overkill because I think you've already built a world that feels right. Yeah. You don't need to link the characters up yeah. because the mm. worlds seem right. The tech follows through yeah. and, you know, there's variations on. Um, you know, and it's even even down to the fact that you can see um, that this this is the one where you're not like Tatooine is kind of like a salvage settlement, isn't it? It's like because it's meant to be like fag end of the like everything there is cobbled together. Yeah. Whereas this is this is the one where apart from I mean even like the Hoth tunnel, the tunnels on Hoth, you know that that's obviously just been sort of built and put together. But like Cloud City, and you spend so much time on the ships in this, and then you go to Cloud City, and everything is, you know, it's money, and sort of, you know, there's this. This is how this tech looks before it trickles down yeah. and ends up at Moss Eisley, or ends <laughs> up at sort of, you know, in a Jawa um, sand crawl or whatever. And um, but no, so I, look, I looked up the um, the history, and apparently, carbonite was used was used for storing people before they discovered hyperdrives so it was basically like a cryogenic suspension thing so the money went out of it once they discovered hyperdrives and it just became used for storing gas it was like a yeah, very purpose. easy way of transporting gas mm. so what the so actually the one on cloud city would just be a mining grade one which is why they're not sure if he's going to survive. Yeah. Oh, wow. So although people have been suspended in carbonite, apparently, yeah, they've had to jazz up the one on Cloud City to make it that it can deal with a living person rather than just you know, like the products of mining. So, oh, nice. which, yeah, and I, I, I don't feel that, but I do. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. And um, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it because I, my eyes keep straying back to it on my nose. Minge bats, yeah, yeah, or minox in the uh, thing, yeah, just Flushing on the power cable. They're just they're gnawing on the power cables, the filth, filthy swine. <laughs> so yeah, but um, yeah, I've, I think also, um, yeah, we've got. Everyone gets progress. You obviously get more Vader, mm. much more Vader, and you get the Imperial March again. This is this was the film that debuted the mm. Imperial March, even though it obviously because I, I don't think it's used much. 
they sort of kind of variance it in the prequels, and then I think it just comes in right towards the end once Anakin yeah, just, becomes Vader. It's Vapor. mainly sort of like a little late motif, just as a little punctuation and a little flare yeah. right towards the end, just so that it is basically the elbow in the ribs to the audience. You know, hey, look at that, look, look. It's going to be it, the Empire. <laughs> it becomes, yeah, it becomes there a bit like the Bond thing, where mm. it's like suddenly it's yeah. like, right, Oh, there's going to be a stunt in a minute, isn't there? Because it's just gone. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's their look to camera, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it definitely works. My, my daughter started repeating it over and over since she's now seen this. <laughs> there's um, obviously bounty hunters. You've got the incredible Mr. Boba Fett or Bob A. Fett. And but I still I was obsessed with the fucking bounty hunters, even though mm. they're in one bit. But they do look so cool, don't they? Because yeah, they you know, look- especially because you know how powerful Darth Vader and the Empire is, but then they've had to bring these in as extra. It's yeah, like, yeah, they they got to be some serious. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, even I, like I, Shadows of the Empire, mm. the um. The whole multimedia experience of that. They even brought them all back for that, which is mm-hmm. really good. It really expands on the characters. Mm. Well, apparently Bosk was nearly in um, Solo. Mm. He was going to be part of um, uh, oh, bloody Woody Harrelson's lot. Yeah. Apparently he was going to be with them at one point. Um, also, also, and Wes will know this about Bosk's outfit. It's a recycled yeah. spaceship from uh, a 1966 episode of Doctor Who. What? Tenth Planet. Yeah. Tenth Planet. It was yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those ones where when I, when I read that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Just the two are sort of vanished. It's like also, there's, a, there's another Doctor Who gun in The Mandalorian. Oh, And right. okay. um, oh, right. it's, I don't know, this Death to the Daleks when they have to change their guns to bullets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that gun is actually in his armament cabinet in the Mandalorian episode one because oh, right, okay. it, is, it appears in the Star Wars visual dictionary because the BBC, it was a prop from a prop house and the BBC added those bits to it and it obviously went back to the prop house and was used again in Star Wars. Yes. Although it doesn't actually appear in camera, it appears on publicity photographs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so that's why it was recreated and put in the Mandalorian's um, armaments cabinet. No oh, way. Right. But I mean, obviously, so yes, yeah, so you've got Bosk, you've got Dengar, and apparently, because yeah. isn't it Bosk is a Wookiee hunter? Yeah. Like this is all expanded universe stuff, but like but Bosk's a Wookiee hunter, isn't he? So yeah. he's got a thing about he wants to scout Chewbacca. And. Um, Dengar's meant to have some problem with Han Solo. See, like they... Dengar is in the sequel trilogy. Is he? Yeah, but you wouldn't recognise him because the way Dengar has been written subsequently is, is that all those augmentations he's been having, he takes it further and further and further, and this is really stretching it. There's a robot <laughs> in a crowd scene in, I think it's Rise of Skywalker, that's right. supposed to be Dengar right. taking his plastic surgery and augmentation to the final levels. I think that is crowbar into the extreme, but 
that's apparently what it's supposed to be. Well, not only that, who's it, who's it pleasing? There's a few of us who are like, if, if you've got someone dressed as Dengar in the background, it'd be like, oh, look, there's Dengar. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, but Dengar's in it, but he's completely different. He's not, well, yeah, he's fucking different. Point. It, it wasn't his quick wit and charm that I remembered from the fucking, from Empire Strikes Back. It's blinking, you miss it, mate. He ain't even wearing that Arabic neck scarf. No, there's a bloke, basically, there's a bloke there dressed as a fat mummy. Then obviously, <laughs> obviously you've got IG88 who looks the absolute bollocks, and and obviously you end up with IG11 in the Mandalorian. But yeah, brilliant, yeah. But isn't IG88? You told me this was that it's just a sculpture. It's yeah, just it no propped up it's... against the wall. Mm. There's nothing. Yeah. it was never also, designed in any. The, um, <laughs> the medical droid with the 1950s microphone in the, mm. in the back when Luke's in the back to tank, that yeah. had no legs either. So the action figure actually designed the legs for him. Oh, right. Okay. Which now he has appeared in stuff full body, you know, with the later films and that. There's one in one of the films. He's almost got the action figure legs. Ah, okay. So, yeah. And but, then... Um, IG-88, the, the, the story in Tales of the Bounty Hunter is really good because it's about him being switched on for the first time. Mm. And he's in a room full of them. And he don't know why. He just thinks, fuck it, and kills them all and destroys all the robots. <laughs> That's why technically he's the only one in the original version of the Star Wars universe. He's the only robot because the whole bunch of them he wiped out. But now oh, he's so, not. So did he, did he malfunction then? Or... No, he was just really good at being an assassin droid to the point where, you know, he killed his creators. <laughs> right on wake up, he just armed himself and killed them. Never make your droids too good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, if, if anything, I mean, you know, you, you, it hits the ground running, which is ironic with them legs. But it's, yeah, now because I know now it's like there's, the, it's now the IG series of assassin droids, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, in, in then, the book, yeah, it was a series, but he, he, he thought, no, I don't want a series. I want to be the only one. And then you've got Zuckus and Forlom who were Forlom misnamed Zuckus. on the, the toys. Yeah. Boy, they were the wrong way around. But Zuckus is the one who looks like a giant caterpillar and Forlom is um, a, like C-3PO painted black with an insect head. Yeah. Which is cold. And but mm -hmm. this but this is the thing is they've just got to this point where it's like, how good are you at design that I'm still fucking obsessed with these things like what 41 years later from the mm -hmm. from them existing, not from me seeing them, but yeah, and I'm still like, oh, and I still know their names. <laughs> and <coughs> the whole film is full of wonderful little things that even mm. Throw away sentences like when Han Solo says, "You remember that trouble I got into with that bounty hunter on Ord Mendel?" Mm. Yeah, like when he's talking to Leia, and then there is a comic of that adventure. But I remember as a kid because I hadn't read the comic. I remember sitting there go, "Cool, what happened? Yeah, what made him <laughs> now decide I'm going to leave now leave. because yeah. things are getting pretty hairy mm. because of that bounty hunter." You know, and it's, it's full of little things like that. Also, again, the bounty hunters, you know, all of them have got history. 
before you know the books came out about it and mm. you wanted to know more about him and you didn't care if they just appeared hissing with his foot hanging over a, you know the command pit you didn't you just wanted to know yeah you just want to know more about him the scaly <laughs> bastard <laughs> he, he was he was another figure who'd unfortunately been frozen a few too many times and his head came off and my dad had learned his lesson by then and he just super glued that one back on so it wasn't like Luke with a partially deflated head and a Phillips head screw through him. Uh, <laughs> Even the Ugnaughts. I mean, such a small mm. throwaway, not necessarily the best makeup, but really memorable and iconic. Yeah. It reminds me actually yeah. the bit with C3PO. Like that was quite, you know, the first time you see that and probably a few times after that, just C3PO getting blasted and in bits. It's, Quite a, a significant um, story that, element. It a does, really good sound effect when he gets switched back on again. Oh, up, you go, 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 when he's trying yeah. to talk. I really like that. No! <laughs> Here? Oh, no, I've been shot. Because <laughs> yeah, at the time, you don't know if it is at the end of him. And then it's, mm. it's, it's, it's funny when yeah. Chewbacca's fixing him and carrying him around. I also I also saw this absolutely fucking hilarious theory online where someone said, "Well, if you think about it, when Chewie goes mad, uh, Boba Fett goes to shoot Chewbacca, but Vader stops him. And it's because he might hit C three PO, and Vader built him. And it's like, yeah, I don't think that's really. Yeah, I think you 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 put a lot of thought into there that really wasn't necessary." <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're making connections that just was not needed there. It, yeah, that was just, no, I don't think that's what's was happening. George Lucas pretending to... Yeah, that was George. George. <laughs> it was George in his Boba Fett mask, getting <laughs> getting getting his mate to do the voiceover. But, in his yeah, underpants. I think, yeah, I, I do wonder, does it... You don't have to set up an ending, so you just go into the next bit of the drama. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't have to have a victorious ending. They get away, but that's about it, really. Yeah, I they, think they it, survive. It harks, back, it harks back to what we were saying uh, last episode about it. This is an instalment of Flash Gordon. Come back next week for the mm, conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Mm. very much so. And uh, also a big shout out to Vader's meditation chamber, yeah, which I would still like. <laughs> uh, and that beautiful and the beautiful noise of when he puts the the helmet is placed back on his head, uh, which apparently was just literally someone holding a Hoover tube and <laughs> putting a hand over it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and again, don't care. It's good. We've also got some top 3PO uh, Gooseberry work in this when he keep, when he appears halfway through. Um, what in, incidentally, and this is uh, this is to um, I promised that I would mention it is Claire said that the uh, the uh, my hands are dirty, my hands are dirty. Well, my hands are dirty too. Sequence is for female Star Wars fans as Leia's gold bikini was for male Star Wars fans. <laughs> So, which, which, if, which, if anything, I think shows a, a, a lot more romance to it, maybe, really. But, um, <laughs> I'll say, why are your hands dirty, Han? Be checking your knob again. 
No, he's, we've said it before, he's back to having to trim the shit out of Chewbacca's arse I think he was milking the Wookiee this time. <laughs> milking the Wookiee? Now, I managed to do that with a yo-yo. There was walking the dog, <laughs> milking the, the Wookiee, uh, bouncing the baby, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> so they're, all, they're, all, they're all good. <laughs> and... And yet another great. Pe- I mean, obviously you've got you've got Boba Fett there, you've got Slave Two, which is just again that beautiful thing of you've just turned something round where it's like oh, so it part it lands like that, but then it actually goes up and flips over yeah. and it's front facing and everything, and it's just again it's the what well, we don't have any limitations at this point because it's in space. So it doesn't matter what way around your shit points. It doesn't have to be aerodynamic in a vacuum. Yeah. There's one tiny little shot that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. And that is when the stormtroopers storm Hoth and they're all inside the Falcon, the little plate comes out of the bottom and the gun cut lowers and goes, yeah. Yes. I don't know why. I was obsessed with that. I thought that was one of the coolest little things. This little laser that comes down and just shoots them at ground level, which he could have done with when he was in the hangar on Mos Eisley. That yeah. would have killed all the stormtroopers out, but obviously you had to be inside to operate it. But I just used to love that little scene. Yeah, that's in my notes as well. The Millennium Falcon's little undergun, as I've referred yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's so much... There's so much packed in as detail, probably because they're not having to do much in terms of setup. Hmm. You you know basically who your protagonists are. You get more characters introduced, and actually that works to its favour as well because, or it would have used to work to its favour because it's, you don't know you don't know in what direction these people are going to go, um, and so yeah, you don't know what's happening with Yoda. Is I mean, and also on the basis of the prequels and everything else like that, who knows? He could suddenly, he could have suddenly fucking cropped up on Cloud City. You know, Luke gets his hand chopped off, and then suddenly there's Yoda giving it his all, mm-hmm. one final spring <laughs> round the the screen with his lightsaber out, and and similarly, Lando works on the sort of oh, so he's a friend of Han's. No, he's not. Oh, okay, yeah. No, he's a hero. Okay, yeah. Right. Wasn't sure about that. So. <laughs> but they also took a bit of a risk splitting up R2 and C-3PO for the majority of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like they, they, you know, took a few turns in this that really could have gone wrong, and yet somehow it all just came out, you know, amazingly. Oh, well, I thought that this time as well. So when they all met up on Cloud City and they were all making their escape, Mm. Um, and Boba Fett had already taken Han off and they were trying to get away yeah and all of a sudden R2-D2 appears and rejoins them and I was like does he? Does Luke need him to fly the X-Wing because he's always in the back of the X-Wing doing shit and if he goes off with them they could have just stranded the poor bastard and he's stuck there with a ship that he can't fly on his jacks but <laughs> well, yeah I think the R2-Unit the R2 unit on an X-Wing uh, takes over all life support and shield control so that the fighter pilot can concentrate on shooting the buggers down. So mm-hmm. an X-Wing can be piloted without one, but 
it's good it's for navigation enough. and repair work because that's what r2d does when the it repairs as well so that's right yeah it's handy to have one but you can fly without yeah, it but can you fly without it and without an arm yeah. <laughs> um oh drive stick i suppose <laughs> there's actually i'll see i'll see if i can uh uh, I'll see if I can find it again because I don't know if it's been updated. This is a, a video going back um, to I think from the first, like the 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 original trilogy and the prequels. I think it dates dates back almost that far. But basically, there's a, a thing where if you cut off someone's hand, you get your hand cut off somewhere in the. Um, in the in, as the story goes along, if you oh, really? if you lose a hand, someone you then it then gets take yours then gets taken. And I mean, obviously, the most obvious one being that um, Vader takes off Luke's hand, but then Luke takes off his hand. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's um, no, it's quite it's quite a good little one because obviously it then encompasses um, like Anakin and Qui Gon and stuff like that. And it's yeah, there's a lot going on, but you do realize i mean that's obviously you get the start of is luke going to become robotic mm -hmm. because obviously there's the, there's some sort of unwritten correlation between vader like the becoming more mechanical becoming more on the dark side so Luke losing his hand and then having it replaced by a robot hand kind of could send him down that path until yeah. he's more machine now, man. But I love the look of his um his wrist when he's got the, the new tendons going. Yeah. Just thinking that looks so good. I haven't seen it really in anything else. I'm not even sure Again, I've now, but just yeah. Just it's something weird that looks for so good. Yeah. Yeah. And when you consider I mean, this is this is three years after um, a new hope, but like you say, it really does feel like it's part of a new decade. Mm. You know, and even without without losing, mm. yeah, without losing any of the sort of it's that yellow look and has replaced mm. with blues and stuff. Yeah, mm. but it's not that sort of it's not that sort of thing where they had to like with Star Trek, where it's like, right, this is set before the original series. Ah, <laughs> that means we've got to make the controls look shitter yeah. than they were then. <laughs> Whereas at least with Star Wars, there is a consistency there. So it's, yeah, whatever it is, whether it's knackered, whether it's looking very 80s or where, wherever it is, it sort of, it works. It's, uh, it's, it sort of uh, sits in there. Um, also, I will have to mention the only yeah, joke that I came up with watching this, which was that Luke has an over-the-shoulder Yoda holder. <laughs> I was saying, I was thinking that you, you, you know, you said about this film has no sort of resolve, obviously. Mm. But when you think about all three films follow the three-act play, but. Mm. They each film is each act of the play in in terms of its structure. So you, this yeah. one introduces the peril and the situation yet to be revealed in Act Three, which is the resolution. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, definitely. So it is quite, yeah, I think that was that was certainly Irving Kirsten's intention. Was it was like right if you're doing a trilogy, 
the it's an act. It's not. Yeah. It's not a concluding feel. story. Because I think actually, because yeah. if if nothing had ever come of Star Wars, like the original, like a New Hope, you would be that would still be a contained movie. Okay, you'd have some questions where it's like, oh well, what what did happen to Darth Vader? Mm. But but that, that would have been point, okay. Yeah, at that mm. point, it's the same as well. What happened to Leia? What happened to Luke? Mm. What happened to anyone? Because you've only got this one sort of shot in the story. If they'd have stopped at it's the Empire Strikes Back, whoa, what a fucking dangle to leave everyone on that would have yeah. been if they'd have never got round to Return of the Jedi. So. It's unresolvedness reminds me of a film I was watching recently called The Earth Dies Screaming. Have you seen that? Oh, it's a great fucking film, that is. Yeah. Yeah, and, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and I was watching that, and yeah, it's, it's got that same... There is, without spoiling it for everyone, because I urge everyone to see it because mm. it's a really good film but um without spoiling anything the the ending is unresolved but you really don't need a resolution to it because it's the actual journey and the content of the story it's a mm. character study isn't it ad of, of, of yeah. these bunch of people that are put together it's very much like a kind of a zombie film where everyone's sort of trapped in a house but yeah it's, it's mm. a disaster movie kind of thing that. yeah yeah but again in- it is a bit, it's an unresolved ending, but yeah. you don't need a re- resolution to it. Mm. No, but I think, uh, but weirdly, I mean, apart from, and it's obviously mentioned in Family Guy, but I've always fucking found it weird that it's like Lando's like, oh well, I'll just nick your clothes while you're frozen in carbonite. Yeah, I just need, to, I needed a change of clothes. So I just went through your wardrobe, mate. Yeah, so, <laughs> my, it comes or, the same way. Yeah, it's very weird. I think. Um, Unless this is, you know, is Chewie enforcing a kink on him? <laughs> he will only co-pilot with someone dressed like that. Han Solo doesn't dress like that. It's Chewie who makes him dress like that. It's yeah, like, no, I'm not I'm... flying anywhere unless you change your big tease. <laughs> yeah. And I like, you know how I like your hair come this way. And it's... Yeah. A, yeah, let me do it just for a you. Strategy R2. Allow the Wookiee to uh, dress you. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, it's a lovely, splendid thing. And so fucking well put together. And there's no... Uh, at this point, it's just repeating ourselves. Certainly, it's me repeating myself. I mean, what are, what are, are there uh, anything... Any other points that we haven't come across or that anyone's got sort of flying around? Or uh, I had a couple of things I've made notes on. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, go for it, man. The, the TIE Fighters, I'm sure they probably did it in the first one, but I didn't notice it until this one. That sort of the sound of the cicadas when the TIE Fighters are flying, that sort of shifty... Oh, yes. Yeah. I've never... I, I've never noticed before but what I, I noticed it this time particularly it's been added into the soundtrack um because you you get more tie fighters as well because you get the tie bombers which are the sort mm. of catamaran looking ones yeah that's when they're well. dropping the bombs on on the yeah. asteroids yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah I oh the other thing i noticed is um uh, uh, during the battle on hoff i think dax is killed by friendly fire because he's in the back of the speeder <laughs> 
and then he gets shot in the so face and it's like yeah. oh right so your your own people blasted you good job Dax you dick <laughs> oh, uh, one of my favourite levels on Star Wars uh, Battlefront is when you're in ho- the Hoth hangar mm-hmm. and there's all the stormtroopers and all of a sudden you hear Darth Vader breathing and you think mm-hmm. oh, I'm really rubbish at this game I've got no chance of beating him <laughs> <laughs> Of the um, obviously, there's a lot of. I mean, we've mentioned that Michael Sheard, Mr. Bronson, and Julian Glover. Um, but again, there's a fine tradition of lots of um, actors actor spotting in this. And um, but the is the guy who runs the cafe in a fistful of travelers' checks. Is he rogue too? Yes. Yeah. It is good because I kept thinking it was him, and I was or for 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 other read uh, for other listeners, uh, a dean one of Adina's ex husbands in Absolutely Fabulous. That's the only other yeah. thing I know him from as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles. Everyone likes the Eagles, but and then curiously enough, the guy in charge of the Hoff base is the guy from Forty Towers who's just moaning about having a Waldorf salad. <laughs> Uh, he, he's also he's also one of Gregory Peck's aides in the Omen as well, but oh. I think it's that. But it's again, it's like William Hookins turning up. There's all these. There's various. Has Mac McDonald been in Star Wars? Like the guy from uh, the Captain Hollister from Red Dwarf, because he's another one who's an American living in England. Yeah, who gets so in. much fucking work. Yeah. Just playing genuine Americans and stuff. Yeah, he's got um, somewhere, and I've just haven't. He, I I can't imagine. I'm just trying he, to think where there's a role for that. Uh, uh, his shape, to put it politely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't recall yeah. anyone of that shape. Where you well, can I see do. His I face. CGI'd him out and put him in a giant yeah. slug instead. <laughs> <laughs> and my boy, you know I've always trusted you. <laughs> you're saying about um them them showing more of uh, uh of the empire as well, and obviously seeing more of what a, a, a false they are and why everyone is so against them. Um, their littering is just despicable. Like, yeah, I got there was like so that, so it's the bit when the Millennium Falcon stuck mm-hmm. to the back, and they said if mm. they're going to jump into space, they'll just dump all their shit in the middle first before they make the hyperspace. I was like. <laughs> Dirty littering bastards, <laughs> and it's a no, lot of I'll... stuff. So much stuff, the Millennium Falcon disappears in it as the slave one. It's it's also it's, just it's, it's the exact opposite of having a dump while you're in the train station, isn't it? Yeah. On the train, yeah. You don't want that spilling out in front in front of everyone while you're all parked up. Oh no! But that, um, yeah. I, but the trouble is as well is it's that it. It, I suppose it's one of those ones where no one's doing anything about it because it's like, well, it's not the worst thing they've done, is it? Yeah. You, what are you, you going to do? You, yeah, you've seen right. Alderaan? No. No one else has either. Not for a few ah. years. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. <laughs> but the... Um... Oh, I'd say then, and I've completely forgotten it again. I liked 
the deleted scene of when the Wampers actually storm the base. Well, I've not seen that, but I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it is the original Wampa costumes, so you have to use your imagination a bit. But <laughs> um, I reckon that would have been a really good scene because there's like an ice wall, and they because they're uh, entombed within the ice in the corridors on Hoth. So all of a sudden they burst out, and then that's what slows down the stormtroopers from just coming in and shooting everyone dead. Is the fact they've got to contend with a load of wampers, ah. which, wampers again, which again wampers. makes more, more more sense. Yeah. With yeah. with regard to the wampa though, two things: why does the wampa not eat the tong tong? Because I'd imagine that, I, I know they smell. Yeah, they all e- even worse on the inside, but yeah. But also, how does the wampa hang him up? Yeah. Because that seems like quite a delicate operation for big, like, catcher's mitt bare hands like he's got. He flopped on his feet and stuck him up there. (laughs) This was my other question, was (laughs) when he has to get himself down, he just gets his lightsaber and waves it and it gets some... It must be be heat coming off the lightsaber. But then when he's outside and he's freezing to death, he doesn't just like light his lightsaber and hold it somewhere near him to keep him warm. So there isn't any heat in it. So I, I don't get where the consistency is. Is, is it hot or is it not? It's, um, it's supposed to be hot. But is then again, like- when you look at the new trilogy and how close they hold it up to their faces, my yeah. eyeball would be cooking if I held it up that close. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I assume that he did sort of just chop the ice a bit with it yeah I, I i wasn't sure to be honest because because it always because it does look like he's strapped in there as well so it's like his feet yeah. strapped up and then the ice has melted over him and it's like maybe the wob has just got an assistant i don't know you know there's one guy who either that or or either that or or they're doing that to prevent the wampa coming after them it's like right if we regularly feed the wampa then yeah. we don't have to worry about the wampa <laughs> But I do. But what was your favorite? What was everyone's favorite toy from this movie? Oh, oh good one. I mean, Bo, Boba Fett was a design classic in toy form as much as he is on screen. Mm. The Wampa, really annoyingly, the legs it just didn't stand up particularly well. No, because the feet are segmented like that, aren't they? Each mm. foot goes up at about, say, a 15-degree angle, the toe and the heel. Yeah, so, so you, you can only sort of pose them looking like they're walking. Yeah. <laughs> but he did also, have a really good arm action, though. You could proper swipe a figure across the room with that. Oh, yeah, I remember them doing mm. that, yeah. Yeah. Also, mine became discoloured, so I think it had, like... Most of them did add. I Mine think most of them yellow. did, but, yeah. but I can't remember. Was it the body went yellow and the arms stayed the right colour? Or vice yeah. versa? I can't remember. Yeah, but, I, yeah. Think I can't quite remember what way around. My favourite, well, I used to have the Hoth playset with the turret. Oh, yeah. And you've got the Imperial probe droid on the stick. And then what you did is you, you had um, Chewbacca going at it and then you flick the lever and he would explode. Wow. Oh, cool. But he, didn't, he to... just fell apart. There was no I explosives had... involved in that toy whatsoever. <laughs> it's disappointing. <laughs> I had the um I had the Dagobah set, which oh, I never was, had that. Which had um 
the uh, it had a quicksand swamp, which was a bit of foam cut in four. So you could push yeah. C3, uh, R2D2 <laughs> through it, but that was about it. Um, and that also had it's a rod that you pushed, and it made uh, little boxes fly up so Luke could do his telekinetic training. Yeah. Oh, and it also had a weird bit that was meant to be when Luke goes down that hole and fights Luke. L- Luke, yeah, yeah. Like, as dark, himself. Dark Luke. How did that, how did that work for you as a kid? Because I think, like I said earlier, we had a pirate of this, so that could have been Mussolini, Marilyn Monroe, yeah. it could have been anyone in that mask. So it didn't really make much sense. I was uh, just like, "Oh, is that what Darth Vader looks like?" They've killed him early. Yeah, yeah. So and that's funny, right? Because um, I I showed that bit to my daughter. She's a bit young, probably, for seeing mm. the head chopped off. But I think it's done in a not too graphic way. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, no, she could not recognise him. But I always did seem to know it was Luke for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I just thought it why, was mind games. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I, I loved mm. it. I, I, you know, for me, that was such a um, such a powerful idea of, yeah, look, you know, you're being shown this. This is the future. If you carry on taking your weapons everywhere, you know, that's it. You you destroy. Basically, yeah, you destroy hard. yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it was. But yeah. I, it, but like I say, well, the copy we had was so holy that I was like, yeah. none of us knew we were watching. This. <laughs> Who's that? Apparently, and they've. I don't know whether this was something, whether it was a fault or not. But apparently, they were. In the original version of it, Vader's basically got an orange lightsaber, which they kind of put in to denote that it wasn't properly, you know, that to keep it obvious that it was a dream sequence was, rather yeah. or like a oh yeah uh, yeah rather than it was genuinely he was being confronted by Darth Vader all of a sudden. Mm. Um, and but then I think that no one got the memo, so they've just corrected it and just thought that it was a <laughs> bit shit. <laughs> you know, like they've just souped up all the visual effects. So they've obviously just done that and gone, fucking hell, I didn't know it's not in the rock bling colour. Right, red, full up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, one of my other Sorry. Um I was say the only toy I could remember having was the snow speeder that was different from like yeah, the, you know, a new hope toys, but I seem to remember it had sort of lights or something. Yeah, it had. Yeah, because it had like the, the la- it's that sort of little flat mm. ship, the snow speeder, isn't it? But yeah, I think it had. I think it had like like gl- guns on the front, but it was yeah. like they were clear plastic, and they just had yeah. lights. Yeah, that's it. In yeah. them that set off or something like that, and the little bit of string on the back. <coughs> so, uh, yeah, but yeah. Could you get I, two I people in? Like... I, don't, yeah. I don't think was it. I don't, couldn't remember if uh, or not. You yeah, because could... we had that very delicate. The whole back half of it could slide down and away, and you could put a figure mm. up there, and then you click oh, it back yes. in, and you put it in there. Mm. But the pins on that back bit broke like nobody's business. So a lot of the back half of it mm. was always hanging off. I like the I... Star Destroyer set. Oh yeah, that was a. That... They were always weird. It was a bizarre hologram, which was a sheet of a little thin strip of pink perspex that you held in front of a character that dropped down from the ceiling. 
and that was supposed what, to be a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the meditation chamber with a little light in it. I used to love yes. that. And, but it but it also had that weird thing where it's like obviously because the the original Star Wars figures were not fully articulated, so you did yeah. have the sort of so you did have Vader sat in there with his legs straight out like he was <laughs> like like it'd been a very busy day. Um, but no, I, I and it also had the gun right at the front, like yeah. the, the cannon right at the front of it. But yeah, that was a weird. And one. what I, I always had... thought was a trash compactor. You know, the little door, you used to press a little button, the little mm. door. I used to play with that as a trash compactor because it also doubled up as a Death Star because I never had a Death Star playset. No, I didn't. But, um, but I did yeah. have a Slave 1, uh, a Slave, is it Slave 2 or Slave 1? Uh, Boba Fett shit. Slave 2. I think Slave, slave two. 2, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, it's Slave 1 Django Fett. Ah. No, it's the same ship. Oh, it is the same ship. Oh, I no yeah. idea then. We well, this is what happens when you get two companies <laughs> giggling down a microphone. Um, you know, they don't know the ships from anything. But yeah, yeah. The, the toy of that was really cool because the paddles were weighted. So yeah. it lifted off and then you move it like that and the, the paddles Being stayed at the same. Yeah, like gimbal, I think is a word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of words. Handbag is a word. Treacle, seaweed, they're all words. <laughs> I don't think but, that um, you get handbags on Boba Fett's ship. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Handbags at dawn. There's there's I all remember. manner of bounties. Depends how much they're worth, I suppose. Mm. I mean, always all remember I can say is, is that Darth Vader and I like coconut, doesn't he? <laughs> got six bounty hunters. Probably got them in the vending machine, little Vader. <laughs> I always remember my mum and dad moaning about the, the attack because it took those... D batteries, mm. the big ones. Yeah. And when you put them in and you press that trigger inside, it used to go, Eah! and that was yeah, not I, a nice noise. <laughs> I was not allowed the batteries <laughs> after, after that Christmas, I think. I don't, I'm fairly certain I wasn't allowed the batteries for that. I was also not told, and this is slightly, slightly getting ahead of ourselves. I was not told that the speeder bikes exploded because my dad couldn't be fucked to put it back together every time I, <laughs> I did it. So, and I mean, he just showed me when, when I did it. But the first time I was like, because it's like, yeah, that, that bag's a bit like, <laughs> it's exploded. <laughs> just went off in my hands, girl. And, um, I used to love the rebel trans the, the transporter, you know, the, the vehicle with the two mm. doors that you I mean, I used to mm. press the button. I used to have sound bites yes. from the film. And, and um, do you know that that only that's only actually appeared in the Mandalorian? Yeah, it was never they, in they the actual in yeah. films. Yeah, they had they've had similar sort of machines, but yeah, they actually built a proper one for the Mandalorian. So which... I think it was around that time that Kenner introduced the mini rigs, which were random, tiny little, almost pocket money toy vehicles. And there used to be the one yes. with the big rollers, and then there was the one that used to be a, a cylinder with a glass dome, and it used to have sucker arms and claw arms. Yes. And which, the grabby claw thing at the back. Wasn't that Bosk's ship? That was meant to be Bosk's um, yeah, no, lander I think it come or under like the mini, Yeah, I think it come under the mini rig line. Yeah, I think it did, because there was also because they did a lot of stuff like they did, they just had the big gun. 
with a tube yeah. that goes in a box. And that weird and clicky thing that used to click, 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 and used to have yes. rubber tube to come out a power generator. Yeah. Yeah, and you had the, and obviously you had the um, radar dish that yeah. was like part of the whole thing uh, again. So, and again, we've got to mention here Family Guy for the uh, giant boob nipple gun. Because <laughs> that is genuinely, genuinely the, the truest version of it, I have to be said. But yeah, it's a classic. Um, Favourite performances? I mean, everyone's so fucking good. Yeah. You know, there's like, and it's like we, we were saying the other day, and like me and Claire were talking, talking about like with Carrie Fisher. You do not question her authority at any point. Yeah. You know, she's just so clearly fucking in charge and mm. like capable and everything, which I think is quite good when you've got Han is capable, but in a bullshitty, blaggy sort of way. <laughs> yeah. You know, he would, none of us no would have thought of gluing themselves to the fucking Star Destroyer. Mm, yeah. You know. But again, it's and like how he worked out that they're not in a cave, and you know, yeah, he's, he's like, he knows what's going on. But yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's test if we're in a big monster by well, shooting yeah. the fucking tongue. <laughs> Shrewd, but a bit silly. Mind, mind, mind you, there have been there have been epi- I have had gastric episodes where I'm sitting there going, the only thing that explains the pain of this is that I take a shit and the Millennium Falcon flies out. <laughs> Yeah, because some someone's test someone's testing this very very crudely inside. I think <laughs> oh, for me it always feels like that Stephen King book Dreamcatcher, where he's got these massive great big snaky creatures that come out your asshole. <laughs> oh yes, they didn't they make a film of it? Yeah, and, they did. Yeah, because I do remember the word shit weasel being banded <laughs> around quite freely. Um, <laughs> Um, I think for me, it's got to be Harrison Ford. Um, his performance That's in there, and again, it's it's um, it's him and Chewie's um, kind of their comedy moments with the two of them. The way he he, he took the yeah. up Buzzball and all that kind of like. Well, also, also just when they're rowing about to... building the ship. Yes. Mm. Why have you taken this apart now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, you can't understand Chewie's side of it, but you don't have to because you get everything you need from Harrison Ford's side. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it just... Because yeah, his know. character... I, I, t- I agree with Lee because like his character completely goes through many different subtle shifts throughout it. You've got mm. the scared Han who has to go to someone he doesn't particularly like uh, in Lando. You've mm. got the acting very cocky. You've also he's frightened at the beginning because of a Luke and b what shook him up about the bounty hunter on Ord Mendel that he's yeah. got to get out of there and pay Jabba. And mm. so then all of a sudden you've got him being you know yeah I can I can outrun all these lot I'll just stick to the side of the Star Destroyer to him absolutely coming to terms with potentially dying. And saying goodbye yeah. to the woman he loves, he was yeah. fully prepared there and then that that was it. That was his last moments. Mm. And you know, so there's so much happens to him. And often, I find that the whole Luke Skywalker thing overshadows 
Han Solo in this film because, it, oh, it's Luke. But in actual fact, I think it is very much a Han Solo movie, if anything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, they're, they're the ones doing they're the ones doing stuff. Whereas Luke's is Luke's is a is a personal sort of odyssey. Mm. Whereas they're actually the ones going through well going through the ringer of actually sort of dealing with this shit while he's basically got a goblin on his back teaching him to float rocks. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're doing all the saving of the universe while he's sitting there having to think about it. Yeah. yeah. It's the life of the Buddhist. Yeah. <laughs> the life of the crazy Buddhist. And also, what was the snake budget like on this film? Yeah. It's just all over the Ten iguanas. Iguanas. I saw about ten iguanas as well. Yeah. The, the the budget, it was expensive. Oh. <laughs> I'm going Get to bed. I've had enough. Bye. <laughs> Apology accepted, Captain Nita. So... <laughs> well, well, what are we going to take this? What is it out of faulty what? Uh, 40 snakes, 40, um, 40 dagobah iguanas, ugly ugnaughts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, how many? How many? How many oh. ugnaughts? We didn't mention Lobot. Yes, Lobot. are you are you channeling him as we speak, Chris, <laughs> with your headphones on? I could pass for him, I think. <laughs> I'll take that. Well, you've you've done the Emperor for a fancy dress party, so okay. I think Lobot... I remember I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lobot, man. You, you, anyone who knew what you were dressed as would be fucking mental. Everybody would just blow their minds... But yeah, Lobot, because yeah. that guy is I can't think I can't think of the actor's name, but that was that that guy was in fucking so much stuff. Um yeah. and I think he I think he died relatively young, but he was one of those people who just turned up in I think if there was a British TV show made before 1980, he was in it. Wasn't he in Flash Gordon as well? Yes, I don't know if play him with the the he's the one with the, yeah, he's one of the ones with yeah. the visors on the yeah. object appearing in the imperial vortex. So Wait, Ajax, yes. Well, because Ajax cleans, that's why they send out uh, yeah. rocket ship Ajax. But yeah, so actually, he's what, yeah, so 1980, he did spend a lot of his time with like glowing headgear. <laughs> so he had a set of headphones in this. He's got a set of goggles in Flash Golden, <laughs> and then obviously he was in Confessions of a Plumber's Mate with uh, a set of um, disco ball testicles. <laughs> and all he wanted was a wig. <laughs> I I often wondered if it was meant to be that he was a droid with male pattern baldness. <laughs> Because he's got these, you know, he's got the sort of he has got the the Donald Pleasance. He's got the mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got the surroundings. Be, but... His code name would be A La P Shah, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I 
But also, yeah, I have think... you got these jokes written down, Wes? <laughs> <laughs> but again, like Bespin <laughs> does feel Bespin feels real without any explanation. You've got all the guards dressed up in like their little blue tunics and everything, and sort of, you know, and it's clear that Lobot is doing something, but what we don't know. But again. We don't question it, and we bought the figure. And controlled so, by, the, by Lando's watch. Yes. <laughs> so he's Lando's watchman, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I really want a cloud car. I think they look great. Yeah. Actually, yes, that was that was another that was a pretty cool toy, even though it's just basically two cockpits glued together. <laughs> Yeah, but if you if you get that toy and you hold it in your hands and then turn it that way, you got one of the guns from Black Hole. <laughs> That's true, and from the which is, um, which is technically from... if we're doing Battle Beyond the Stars at some point, we should do Black Hole. <laughs> oh, we're definitely doing Black Hole because <laughs> any excuse where it's like, you know, it, it's because I wanted to do, originally Moss Eisley, uh, Moss Happy Hour. What I wanted to do is I wanted to do a podcast that was purely Disney films with disemboweling in them. <laughs> um, but Black Hole was the only one I could find. So you know, other than other than obviously the cutscene in Frozen, so <laughs> where they drilled through Olaf with a fucking hot knife. Or was that just? Or was that just a fever dream I had once? The warmed up stainless steel dildo. Oh well, you, you've had to take it to you've had to take it to a, a, a seriously dodgy direction, haven't you? So, <laughs> Walt there turning in his carbonite grave. Well, he ain't going to turn far, is he? No, the whole unit goes. It's on a again. Oh, right, it's on a gimbal right, system, then. like the Slave One toy. You know, it's 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 all, it's all gravy. Don't worry about it. Don't question. Don't question. It's fine. I'll explain later. But um. Well, I seem to have come to all my notes apart from the word bum in Claire's handwriting on this page. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> Claire is now in the corner going, oh, 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 oh yeah, I forgot I did that. <laughs> I, had, I hadn't washed it in time, but I was going to wear my Seagull Stop It Now t-shirt for this, but yeah. <laughs> It's got to be said so, that did. A, well, I watched it with Jennifer. Um, yeah, and it was when he said, "I won't be scared," and Yoda says, "You will be. You will." Be. And Jennifer just started <laughs> laughing. And I was like, "You're thinking, don't fall asleep." Don't I'm fall asleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't fall asleep. Oh dear. Yes. Well. Yeah, if, if if people have no idea what we're talking about, Google bad lip reading, seagulls stop it now. And while you're there, you'll also find um, uh, Bushes of Love, uh, or or as it, or me and Claire's song, as it's known. So, yeah. Some people have Lady and Red. We have Bushes of Love. But that's also because uh, our razors are broken. Whee! <laughs> and on that pubic bombshell. Um, right. Here we go. Now, can I just say, I don't care if I don't care if we're going spinal tap with this shit, <laughs> but just no half marks, because my tiny brain doesn't do it 
Fair enough. Another just forty-four, and that's it. Be yeah, done with it. I, I was thinking that could be the. <laughs> so, are we allowed to spinal yeah, tap on I, each I, of them, I, though? I sort of felt it was going that way, Lee. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, think, I'm good yeah, with that. Well, that's good. That's saved. That has saved me so much brain power, of which I have little. <laughs> I have. N- I have nothing left. So, <laughs> shockingly, in a. Incredible turn of events, underdog and least popular film in the franchise, Empire Strikes Back, gets, <laughs> gets 44 Lobots out of 40. So, was it not Ugly Ugnaughts? Oh, yes. So it's 40 Ugnaughts. There we go. 40 Ugly Ugnaughts. And they are Ugly Ugnaughts. Yeah. Oh, and not well, of the Nick Nolte variety either. Mm. Is he an Ugnaught? He's in the Mandalorian. In Mandalorian. Yeah. No, is he an Ugnaught, that character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what oh, right, yeah, I didn't yeah. realise. Because, I, I mean, obviously he's dead shot, so, but... Um, and we're not doing the E.T. joke. But, um, yeah. Well, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you've not watched Empire Strikes Back, for... If... Um, <laughs> What's the matter with you? Yeah, what, why the fuck you've listened to this yeah. to the end? I do not fucking know. If you've never seen Star Wars, why? Why are you even here? But yeah, in conclusion, Empire Strikes Back rules. Everyone fucking knows it. Um, anyone who disagrees can meet Darth Vader behind the bike sheds on Monday and uh, get shaped down for their fag money. And. <laughs> I think that's uh, I, th- I think that's uh, that's us done here. Obviously, we shall be back for uh, Return of the Jedi, mm. Episode Six, um, and um, yeah, I'm I I don't. It's not going to get forty four ugly Arnolds out of forty, certainly. But right. um, yeah, but that might be, be just fun. due to uh, might be due to an element of a soft toy commercial. Who knows? But. Uh, <laughs> But there we go, folks. But it's, but it's a great conclusion. We we hope that we hope that this this show has enlivened you and enriched you and amused you. Um, although essentially it has been an excuse for us all to watch Empire Strike Back again. Um, <laughs> in many ways, the whole show is that. Yeah. So we uh, yeah we will say good evening, good night, and um, yeah, may the force be with you. I suppose. Good night. Not from me. Night all. (laughs) Bye. Bye.